Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1800 858 858. G'day everyone, welcome to this week's edition of the Market Watch podcast. It's proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au and remember they are the home of the best of the best multis. Uh, in attendance today, I like to describe them as the usual suspects and here they are. Tristan Merlihan, the number one seed up there at Top Sport and Jared Condon from readingtheplay.com.au. How are you gentlemen? Yeah, very good, Jimmy. I'm just, I'm just hopeful this uh, Zoom meeting always film this on doesn't expire from the the time elapsed for the, the duration of the meeting because we were about 45 minutes in the warm up this morning. And uh, as usual, Jared came out with some little nuggets of gold. So he even had to leave the room and at one at one occasion. So uh, yes, yeah, plenty happening here, and looking forward to chatting about all the NFL, all the uh, the FIFA World Cup, and a little bit of racing as well. You two guys will be down in Melbourne next year at the Comedy Festival. I can see it just now. Gentlemen, what a week. We've got Test Cricket, we've got Australia through in the World Cup, um, and we've just got some amazing NFL clashes rolling on into Christmas. So off the back of Thanksgiving in, in the US and some great footy, uh, there's plenty to talk about, Jimmy. Um, all we need to do this week is try and, now that you've settled down after 10 days, uh, try and get a lunch bed out of you. I never knew that about those North Sydney players from the 1990s, but now that you've filled us in, Jared, they're quite incredible. And I agree, yeah, no, shouldn't go any further than us right here. No, you're quite right. I have finally settled down. Uh, no lunch bet last week, but I think we can change that. Remember, if you are enjoying the podcast, make sure you like and subscribe. Leave a uh, review if you want to do that as well. Spotify, Apple, Megaphone, uh, anywhere else. Uh, yeah, Amazon, Google, uh, YouTube, you can watch us there as well. Talk about Thanksgiving, boys. We were talking about the year before when I was over there in uh, America and it was the Cowboys and the Raiders in a big game, 38 million people watching on Thanksgiving. The numbers coming out for the Giants, the Cowboys game, you're looking at a couple of big football markets there. On average, 42 million people watching and at some stage across the course of those three games, 134 unique Americans, and I think that a uh, million Americans, and you could probably use that uh, to describe all of the Americans, but 134 un- uh, million unique Americans watched a bit of, bit of football on Thanksgiving. It's just phenomenal, Tristan. It's enormous, isn't it? And just to have that many uh, different people engaged, and it's just such a such an important day for that for that sport over there. And um, yeah, it was. Um, we had a couple of good games as well on the um, on the offering as well. Detroit, uh, Detroit tried pretty hard, couldn't quite get there, but it was uh, yeah, it was certainly a, um, a a great day of football. And yeah, as you say, plenty of punters involved. And uh, Jared, I, I think you had a little bit of luck on on the day, didn't you? Well, I did. Uh, yes, we found um, the Dolphins, and uh, I think Jimmy was on the Bengals, and uh, a couple of nice results for us there. And Jimmy, with that sort of viewing audience, no wonder over the last 12 months as the uh, licensing and legislation opens up state by state, there are people tripping over themselves to open up bookmaking operations because it has become the big flavour over the last 12 months. Yeah, California said definitely no. I think they were were about 80% of the the voting members said no to legalisation of sports betting. The other one was, I think it was Ohio versus Michigan, 17 million people, 17 million people watching a college football game. So um, just incredible. So 
Hey, we are recording this on Thursday afternoon. So we, I don't know, we, we got up early this morning and watched the Socceroos into the round of 16. I could scarcely believe it. I, the, the first 35 minutes of the match, they never looked like travelling. Denmark and Denmark all over Australia found a bit of balance going into half time and off the break Matthew Leckie scores a remarkable goal let alone a World Cup goal uh, and Australia go through to the round of 16 had a bit of drama associated with it too with Tunisia defeating France but Tristan this is fantastic not just from a uh, football point of view but also from a, uh, an interest from a punter point of view as well going into the round of 16 it's huge. Oh, it's, it's enormous. And, um, you know, I've, I've been a big Socceroos fan for, for many years and I was probably a little bit concerned after that first performance against France. So I, I could see us getting bundled out reasonably um, easily, particularly after seeing how Tunisia went against Denmark. I thought getting some points off them to make us make ourselves alive going into that last game was going to be difficult. But, you know, a really solid defensive performance, a, a great finish by Mitch Duke, got us through into a Den the Danish game where we are playing a team in the top 10 in the world that were dominating us early. And then we just absorbed that pressure. And as you say, the, uh, the Matt Leckie, uh, the, the, the counter-attack goal, it was, it was phenomenal. He's been a great servant of Australian football for many, many years. He's obviously at the back end of his career now, but still doing great things in the A-League. And uh, it, was a, it was a phenomenal finish. And as you say, I, I was, I was quite, quite confident going into that game that we only needed a draw to proceed through to the next round. And um, for Tunisia to get that goal and, and apply the pressure... I think it would have been a very, very disappointing um, night if, if, if they had to finish a draw and not got through. But yeah, it's great. It's going to be fantastic for the betting turnover as we go into the round of 16. It's been a really, really well bet, bet tournament as it is. Um, you know, I, I think the, the style of the tournament has been conducive to punting with the games on at nine o'clock and then a, a, another game sort of at six o'clock in the morning. So, you know, you can get up early, you can stay up late, those sort of things. So the fact that the Aussies are now in the round of 16, the best they've ever performed in a World Cup, it's going to be great on so many different levels. Jimmy, I thought it was also great too to see um, a number of people on social media after the game, in particular Phil Moss, who uh, is a great student and uh, past coach, uh, acknowledge the changes by Arnold at half time. He uh, made a couple of tactical changes, made one key uh, positional change uh, with a replacement. Um, and that seemed to really kick Australia into gear into the second half and uh, not only did they go on and, and win it, but Arnie has got some acknowledge for uh, for what he's done, those changes, and he sets up just an amazing clash in the last 16, doesn't it? Is Harry Suter not a superstar? Like, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he just blocks everything. They just yeah. I know he's six foot seven. They can't get past him. He's got great yeah. mobility for a big man. He's um, a, a real physical presence. These guys will tell their grandchildren in decades to come, I played against Lionel Messi in a World Cup match. Like, it's just incredible. So, and and Tristan, again, you talk about timing, 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning. It's perfect. This audience is going to be 1.5 million for SBS, I would have thought. Yep. 100%. And, and you know, and, and, and what it does is it, um, you know, we, we've got a World Cup coming up now in the next edition, which will probably be one of the most viewed events ever with an extra 16 teams coming into the competition in America, in Canada and Mexico. And it really now will, will just create that impetus because if we didn't qualify, if we didn't beat Peru those months ago where it came, we were on a knife's edge. We were big underdogs not to get through. The, the way soccer was trending in Australia, was it was certainly going downhill. The fact that we got into the World Cup, it just puts it back in that shot window. The fact that these guys are gone so well and we're going to have a nation behind us puts us in a great spot for this, this next World Cup where there's going to be so many extra teams, there's going to be so many viewers, and that, that's the exciting aspect. 
Not could we dare to after... could we dare to dream, Jimmy, of uh, uh, Sunday morning uh, the grey wiggle comes into play? Well, hang on. What give us the market, Tristan, for that match? Because Australia were the seven dollar twenty five outsiders against Denmark. Yes, we're a little bit longer than that in in the next game. So now we, we've all, all obviously got a couple of markets when it comes to elimination football, where Argentina are a dollar seventeen in ninety minutes. The draw is seven fifty in Australia and nineteen dollars. Now we're all, we're actually twenty one dollars when the market went up. So there has been a little bit of a push for the Aussies. Now we have the to qualify market, which is obviously on the basis of who, who gets through to the next round. So Argentina's $1.06 in that market and Australia's $9. So certainly certainly big odds, but we saw what Saudi Arabia did to Argentina in the opening game of the competition. Um, you know, the, the the even the game this morning, Poland certainly uh, stuck it to Argentina and, and they only just got away from them in, in the back end of that game. So, you know, we're, we're in it and, and yeah, you can certainly dare to dream. And Messi missed a penalty too, so you know you, you, you just never know. You just never know. But um, a very, a very open tournament. What about the tournament winner overall, Tristan? Because you start looking at it, and you know Brazil have played well. They've been steady without being, um, uh, you know, superb. France have been really strong, and then lose to Tunisia with all those changes. Argentina lost that opening game. Germany are in real trouble. Um, you start looking at someone like England, and you think, surely no. Well, that's right. Brazil, I, I think they've been very impressive. They, they've, they've played a couple of good sides and they haven't put up a massive scoreline, but they've, they've won them both comfortably. I think we might see them in the, in the last group game where they take on Cameroon. We'll see how they go in that match where it's probably one of the, the, uh, the, the games against the lower rank side if they put their full strength side in, but they've been the, the form side. I think France also have been very, very good. Um, obviously, losing there to Tunisia, but I'm not so... So concerned about that when they played their second string. We spoke last week, Jimmy. I, I sort of said, well, if Argentina were to lose a game, um, you want it to be that first game. They ended up still topping their group. They got out to a high of $10. They're back into $6, pretty much where, where they were when they started the tournament. You know, they do take on Australia where they're very firm favourites now to progress. So that was, uh, they'll, they'll be very thankful they finished top and they didn't have to play France in the second game. Spain, $9 cruising under the radar. And England, as you say, they're $10 there with Portugal, maybe the little smoky at $12 as well. But um, there's still a little bit of water to go under the bridge. A few teams are still locked in qualification battle, but certainly been a great betting tournament. Uh, Australia, $251 to win the uh, World Cup too. So, you know, where there's life, there's hope, as they say. Uh, Tristan. Um, right now, as it stands, gentlemen, coming to you live from Perth Stadium is Australia versus the West Indies, day two, session two. Uh, and right now we've got Australia three for 429, Manus Lover Skuckney, 204, Steve Smith, 124, not Travis Head, 17, not. So it was a pretty good performance from the West Indies day one. Maybe didn't create as many opportunities. Now they're creating very few opportunities. And it seems that everyone's worst fears, Tristan, uh, are coming uh, to light at the moment, notwithstanding the fact that the West Indies haven't had a bat yet. Yeah, well, that's obviously going to be the, the, the key moment. So when this market opened, it actually opened at $1.18, I think it might have opened at, and it, it shortened and jumped into $1.09. So the Aussies were very, very well backed in the lead up to it. They're actually still $1.06. So they haven't firmed up too much on the back of where it started, despite being in a massively commanding position. The draw has tightened up a little bit into $10. 
and the West Indies are out the gate now. They're out to $75. So that's obviously at that scoreline where you say three for 432. The reality of, you know, whether this pitch is is very conducive to high scores or whether it's just the the the, the lack of uh, penetration from the West Indies bowling attack. We won't really know until I get out there to bat. You know, I, I probably wouldn't be overly optimistic about a West Indian side batting for, for, for long periods, particularly when they're going to have spent a couple of days out there in the hot sun. But I, I guess we'll just have to see how they go. The, the Aussies have certainly put up a big score, which is what you want to do. First, uh, first innings of a test series. So they're certainly in a commanding position. Plenty of the big guns have fired as well. And uh, I, I saw Marcus Lubbershane's record in the uh, in the first innings of a test match. And he's very, very close to Sir Don's record that this is on local soil. He's, he's averaging a very high amount and he's just continued to push his claims there. And Jimmy, I think everybody's worst expectation was that this is what might unfold. And we then go to this, uh, the next test in Adelaide being a day nighter. And, you know, if Australia were to happen to win the toss and we've got West Indies back uh, batting under lights, uh, you would expect more of the same. And whether they actually get to a fourth day, let alone a fifth, uh, one would be very surprised. So the South Africans probably can't get here quick enough. Um, I'm sure Channel uh, 7 would be very concerned about their ratings through the next uh, two to three weeks. Well, I had a look at the first day's ratings and remember this is Perth, so going into prime time and you think, oh, okay, and you did the addition of Channel 7's numbers plus Fox's numbers and it was about half a million people. So I reckon that's down by half. Yeah. I think there was a million people watching every day of a, an India or an England series too. So, you know, it says something about the opposition. It says something about the relationship between the sporting public and the Australian cricket side. Um, and it says something about the domination of the Australian side. So um, there's there's lots to dissect when it comes to that one. What about from a um, betting point of view, Tristan? Has Have the holds been comparable to previous summers? It's a funny metric to look at when you look at holds because the, the, the actual hold on this match has been quite significant. We took a quite a sizable bet on the uh, the Aussies at the very short price where one of one of our customers popped over 100,000 on them at the $1.18, which... Um, you know, obviously they're in they're in quite a uh, commanding position there. So you look at that, and and on pure numbers, um, the holds there. But to me, that that only paints half a picture. Like you know, if you've yeah. got a number of bets as opposed to a handful of sizable bets, when you've got a really short price commodity, I, I think that's probably more of an important metric to look at to to determine the actual interest in the game itself. So um, certainly the, the dollar value hold has been okay, but the, uh, the number of bets certainly been down on what we've seen in, in, in recent matches. All right. Let's hope it gets into a fourth and fifth day, um, even just for the broadcasters, let alone us wanting to watch it. Um, all right, let's go. Week 13 of the National Football League. Uh, Jared, do you want to revisit? Oh, actually, let's go. There were no lunch bets. What's going on? <laughs> what happened? Everyone did their bottle last week, but... Anyway, where are we at? You had the Probably a very key discussion point here is um, do we close off on the, the last day of December for the lunch bet tally for the season? Yeah, we did. We've got it here. Um, plus two for you, plus two no, for no, me. No, no. So the finish line is the uh, last uh, last podcast of December? Just, oh, so that right. we, just so that we have an audio record of this for... Um, <laughs> Future, future week's discussions. Oh, yeah. Of course, six weeks ago when I was up by 14, none of this was required, was it? No. Mate, yeah. mate, amazing, listen, yeah, given I... the rules and, mate, hey, can you send me through those terms and conditions again just so can I accept them, please? The, the new one? <laughs> mate, 
Given, given I'm the title holder uh, off, off last year, um, you know, the finish line, we've got, what, 29 days to go and, you know, all of a sudden you've blown a 16-point lead and you know, we're now in the square into these last couple of weeks. So no wonder you're doing your bottle. Just wanted to make it interesting for the broadcasters. So the Dolphins minus the 13 and a half. The Bengals um, got the job done, no problem as well. So we had a couple of winners there. I, I had to donate from a couple of weeks ago when it finally through to Tristan and said, look, you better take that money out for me. Where are we at with our Pass It On Clothing charity bank balance, Tristan? Yeah, well, all the uh, all the fines are up to date now. I only charged a little bit of interest on that last payment as well. So <laughs> 2,312 is the current figure where it sits right as we speak. All right, 2,312. Um, and yes, Jared and myself on the plus two. My win percentage, though, clearly much better than Jared. At fifty-two percent yeah. compared to fifty percent. Well, given you've had to play six more to try and just sneak uh, even with me, um, I guess your percentage probably would be higher. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, all right, what about these AFC and NFC standings? Uh, do we have any changes from last week? Um, well, the I, 49ers I guess with a rocket. The 49ers and the Dolphins keep ticking away in the AFC. They're up. Uh, Sitting in second and uh, bobbed up above the Titans. The Bills got a, an important win. Um, certainly on the NFC, we've got the Eagles out there at 10 and 1, Vikings 9 and 2, and the 49 is up to 7 and 4. But it brings us to um, a couple of cracking matchups this week because we're going to end up with uh, Miami on the road going to play uh, the 49ers, and that's just going to be a, a, a fantastic shootout. And we're going to see a little bit more of the depth behind the form of both these teams. The 49ers' defence has been very impressive, but uh, and some of their attack, but the Dolphins' attack has just been outstanding. I mean, they played Houston, who are the bottom feeders of the table at the moment, rattled out the 30 points in front by half time, and then rested uh, quite a number of key guys into the second half to end up winning by 15 and still covering the line to now have the opportunity to really push that attack against this 49ers defence. Cracking matchup. The moment the market's somewhere around uh, three and a half. Gee, I thought the plus three and a half to the Dolphins was very generous. Um, I'm 49ers maybe can win. I'm still on the Dolphins' uh, bandwagon. And then, Jimmy, the other cracker. I mean, we go back to the last year. The, two of the probably best matches of the season prior to the Super Bowl were the Kansas City Chiefs up against the Cincinnati Bengals. And we now have the Chiefs on the road to play the Bengals this week, both in some great winning form. But the key about the Bengals is winning eight of their last nine. Burrow just seems to be getting his mojo back. Um, He's been using Mixon as his main go-to, but uh, all the reports now appear that they've been holding uh, Chase back uh, from his injury return to return this week for this particular game. I think Kansas City have got some issues in their secondary defending those two guys. And Cincinnati, a home underdog, uh, very surprising, but a great game. Um, and there's some cracking footy at the moment. I did note that there were six matches this weekend where teams have winning records going head-to-head, starting with the, the Thursday night footy game. So Bills and the Patriots and AFC East divisional uh, rivalry. Jets and the Vikings, Commanders and the Giants, the Titans and the Eagles, the Dolphins and the 49ers and the Chiefs and the Bengals. So 
um, some really, really good footy. And as they say, you know, you get to Thanksgiving and then the competition starts again, right? So this is where the, the good teams um, really get going. Uh, the, the, there's there's well, interest and, around and, the Jets. And Jimmy, and in, the, in the background... Sorry, mate. Well, yes, no, I was going to say, in the background of that, you've got the Jets all of a sudden with White coming uh, back after benching uh, Wilson. Um, you know, White performing very well. I think there's probably been an overreaction to that and certainly in the markets. Um, but, you know, the Jets certainly are creating a lot of interest and a lot of following. Uh, the Bills slowly seem to be getting their mojo back when the Cowboys are, are clearly rolling along very well. Um, it's a very, very even tournament um, uh, across most sides of the AFC and the NFC, and it's just providing these cracking good matchups most weeks. Give us a Bills Patriots. Uh, they're going to Foxborough. Uh, this um, top seed, uh, or what are they? Uh, no, they're the fifth seed in the AFC, but a lot of people still have them as their Super Bowl pick, Tristan. Yeah, yeah they most certainly do. And um, the Bills are $1.53 away from home. They're, they're still favourites, three and a half points at the minus, and the Patriots are $2.60 with the three and a half start at $1.93. So really even betting game there 44 flat is the total points so should be a really good game to start the the weekend off the Patriots have been a funny side this season like they probably have just been cruising under the radar they're actually running last in their division but they've still got a record of six and five which has still certainly got them in the uh, in the race for a playoff spot so this is a massive game for them because if, if they can get the result here they bridge that gap against Buffalo to one game but if, uh, if Buffalo win then they're three games clear and it'll make things very very difficult for the Patriots. So at home, they've got to try to hold serve. Well, I think a couple of key things about this game is that the Bills have been playing outdoors in some really ordinary weather conditions over uh, two or three of their last recent games. They now go to an indoor venue here to play the Pats. Um, um, and uh, I think, uh, you know, their quarterback Adams uh, getting his arm stronger and stronger by week from return of injury. Um, I think the Bills have got points in them here. I thought the line was way too short. And I think indoor, uh, in these conditions, that uh, they're going to um, give that 44 points a bit of a shake as well. I thought the, the Bills would be covering that relatively comfortably. All right. So what was that line? Three and a half. Three and a half. Yes, three and a half. Yeah, okay, okay. Any other game? What, uh, have you got other games that you've highlighted, Jared, that you wanted to have a look at? Yeah, there were two that I thought were the best plays of the week. Uh, one is, um, and probably the best of the week, is the New York Giants back at home as underdogs at uh, plus two and a half playing the Washington Commanders. And no doubt that the Commanders uh, have been on a bit of a roll. I mean, they probably weren't thought as being um, a winning side or a high winning side this season. Uh, have surprised with um, Henke playing at the quarterback, uh, one six of their last seven, but um, most of those have been uh, very short scoring margins. Now on the road, um, what uh, the New York Giants have uh, covered six of the last eight, um, and as a home underdog, I thought that line of plus two and a half was too big. So best of the week for me was the New York Giants at the plus two and a half. And the other one I did want to have an interest was uh, the one I touched on earlier. I do like the Bengals at home. I just thought that that game was far, far closer than two and a half between them. And uh, with Chase reported to play, and so Burrow, they have two great options in attack uh, the uh, play in the air to Mixon and Chase. I want to be with the Bengals at the plus two and a half as well. 
All right. I've got a couple of games that I want to look at. You realise the Dolphins are playing the 49ers, right? You've been on the Dolphins bandwagon all of November, but suddenly well, you've just dropped off. Well, Jimmy, if if you wanted to jump in at the minus three and a half, I'm, I'm certainly happy to cater for that. All right. I'm looking at the 49ers, $1.48, 270 uh, head-to-head for Miami. Uh, the minus three and a half is into a $1.86. So um, I was going to... Uh, have that as my best. So, Jared, if you'd like to make that a lunch bet, I'd be more than happy to do that. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, duly noted. Thank you, linesman. Thank you, ball boys. The other one that I wanted to have a look at too, um, the LA Rams taking on Seattle. Now, Seattle uh, have lost their last couple. They're the the favourites for this one. The LA Rams, you can get plus eight at home against Seattle. I know that they're struggling in the run game and Seattle are struggling to defend the run game, but uh, the Rams are eighth in defence and Seattle's 29th in defence. You can't tell me that they could defend that eight points at home. So I like the LA Rams at the plus eight at $1.81. Tristan? Yeah, well, there's nothing better than taking a lunch bet off someone when they bet against their, their own team. So I think I might have to... Uh... Have to switch up here and, and and take Seattle minus eight in, in a lunch bet. How does that sound, Jimmy? Mate, of course I'm obliging with that. Uh, just to let you know, too, as of the start of this year, when Russell Russell Wilson moved, and I was just thinking, Pete Carroll, oh, he's had it. He's I sort of made it known that I've dropped off the the Seahawks at the moment. There was a point there a couple of weeks ago when I nearly jumped right back on, but you know I'm still prepared to take that lunch bet against my former team. Can I put it that way? That'll be even better then as well. So just Jimmy, Jimmy showing his, uh, his lemonade sandwich qualities yet again. So I'll, uh, we'll, cert- we'll certainly take Seattle minus eight. You see, uh, it was um, one Russell Wilson's birthday in Denver yesterday, Jimmy, and his wife threw, it was their day off for the whole camp. His wife threw a uh, birthday party and invo- invited the whole locker room and less than 40% turned up. Yeah, come on. That's, people are busy on those days. You know, don't read too much into that, Jared. <laughs> well, uh, you want to tell us stories about the North Sydney Bears? Uh, in the mate, I, it's a very it, different world now, Jared. It's a very I, different world. It did not look different on the sideline on Sunday, Jimmy. He was copying no, a spray <laughs> from a number of different people. That, that was interesting, wasn't it? Pick the guy who's getting paid $240 million. <laughs> oh, that guy they're screaming at. <laughs> Um, quite incredible. All right, so we're on to... Mate, everyone's coming for a lunch bet now. I'll tell you what, there was, a truce, there was a truce over a week. And, Jimmy, you didn't want to go with the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, you're normally... Yeah, into yeah these... I do. Yeah, I do. You do? I All do. right, beautiful. So that's um, two. Lovely. So I'll take I'll take the, 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 the Chiefs minus two and a half, thanks. Beautiful. Okay, Andy, Andy Reid, uh, offensive genius. So we'll be right there. Okay, so that's three lunch bets. Right. Now, haven't we come with a flurry here? I'm a little, I'm a little bit flustered. All my pages are out of, out of line-up. And everything. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's time to get into some racing. We do. We've got a... Um, we, we've got a... Probably the most enjoyable WA carnival I've seen for a long time. The, the racing there last week when we had the Winterbottom Stakes was 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 really high quality. It was it was a great a great race with a lot of wide-open chances. And... Um, Polili really uh, coming back to form. It was one of those horses that had a big boom at the start of the, the carnival. It was a favourite in the Manicato, then it just really dropped off, and then it, it certainly found and fired down the outside there at the Winterbottom. So we've got another good race meeting in uh, in Ascot 
on the weekend where the Northerly Stakes is the feature where Cascadian's been 290 and 270. It's been the well-back favourite. Amelia's Jewel is there as well, three out to $3.20. So you've got the star from the Eastern Seaboard against Amelia's Jewel, who's obviously been running around uh, in WA and, and, a, and a superstar over there. So J-Mac heading over to, to Ascot as well will be good viewing. Um, a few of the other race meetings that are on, we've got the Pakenham, uh, Pakenham meeting where we've got the Gold Bullion and we've also got the Pakenham Cup. And then we start to head towards the good races up in Queensland as well, where at Doombin, the feature is the George Moore, where we've got three horses virtually even in betting, Garibaldi, Contemptuous and Samut all around about the $4.20 mark. And uh, there was a little trial by Summer Lovin there yesterday out at Can Canterbury, where it's uh, just working through its paces, slightly missed the kick, but came home quite nicely just to work through its paces in readiness for the Wyong Magic Millions, which is two weeks today. So uh, looking forward to seeing how that one plays out in a couple of weeks. What about the uh, the win of uh, Paul Ali, which you touched on there, Tristan? I mean, Drew White uh, was last coming to the turn, had to be at least 16 wide and near went through the car park and uh, just got there on the line. Absolutely cracking last 200 uh, splits and James Cummings, he's just done an outstanding job with the Godolphin horses this season. He's just uh, at the top of the game and then has a very warm favourite into the major northerly group one this week in Cascadian. So have you, have you got uh, have you got a tip for us this week, Jared? No, Jimmy, I'm just going to go with the two NFL bets this week and then I'm just going to sit back and watch the lunch bets and but I'm sure you've been on the phone ringing 53 trainers this week to try and find out um, an angle. What have you come up with? Uh, by the way, I saw I watched the uh, trial of Summer Loving the other day. Uh, absolute stranglehold the jockey had on it uh, during the course of it. I mean, that's, that's the oldest trick in the book. So the owners would have been very happy with that. Well done. Make sure you get a price next time up. What's the form coming out of that? We have our, our regular listener, 554, who every time you're on uh, wants to get in Summer Loving update, Tristan. Yes, no, he's, uh, he's, he's onto it. He's certainly got the other uh, black book working, so he knows where Summer Lovin's moving and, and, and heading to. But uh, there was a good little win came out of the other uh, race there on the weekend. So there's uh, the, the form line's really starting to stack up. So I guess it just depends uh, how the, uh, the the amount of improvement that Summer Lovin takes. It's just a bit of an awkward timing, I suppose, having that run at the back end of spring and then trying to keep the horse up, a baby horse up over that period to, to work towards the Magic Millions. But certainly exciting and it's uh, certainly a good little problem to have. So looking forward to seeing uh, if there's been some improvement uh, come Wyong Magic Millions time. Had a little chat during the course of the week with uh, David Pfeiffer, Fife the Knight, as I call him. And as a result of that, we're going to go to Rose Hill, race seven, uh, Somi, number six. So I think opened at 13, might not get that now. I think into 12, um, all important 3.30 for the place. Stand by for the staking plan on this one, Jared. Bad gate last time. Uh, cost him, jumped well, snagged back, bit negative. Uh, okay, Saturday gets the dry track, third up from the spell, will peak, in form, good gate, can sit closer here, really should be in the finish. And a nice each way play, the each way, of course, coming in the form of $50 each way. So uh, there you go, gentlemen. That'll be my rating tip for the weekend. So it was a pretty good uh, staking plan last time it went around the 50 by 50. So we got race seven, number six. So Army, and as you say, is at the $12 at the moment. So yeah, that, that one uh, should run a big race. I think I was criticised last time I used that staking plan, didn't 
Yeah, well, I think one. it was a two fifty shot last time, wasn't it, Jimmy? So twelve dollar shots a little bit more acceptable. <laughs> Touche. Touche. All right, I, was, I, I was watching with interest last week, Jimmy, when your tip was uh, starting to strengthen in the last hundred, but finished up fourth. And I thought if that had run third uh, this week, we'd be both getting a lecture about the fact that you went on the nose and not each way. But anyway, finished up fourth and um, the same result. Same result, same result. Different result this week. Lunches left, right and centre, I would have thought. So uh, big Monday of NFL for us. Uh, big weekend of racing, of course, Test Match Cricket. And Sunday, we've got the Socceroos taking on Argentina. That is something, uh, dreams that will last a lifetime for those uh, Socceroos players. Good on you, gents. Um, good stuff today. And we'll do it again next week. Thanks, guys. See you, gentlemen. Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Reading the Play.